Back in on Canuck Central, it's Dan Riccio and Satyar Shah. We're in the mobile Kintech studio here at BC Kitchen at Park Casino. Come by and say hi. We've got a couple gift cards left to give away. All you got to do is answer the trivia question. Who is Dan Riccio's favorite Canuck? Not a hard question to answer. No, and you have to come in person to win it. Yes. So Austin and Langley and everybody else, you got the answer right, but no, you have to come in person. <laughs> uh, so appreciate it. Everybody knows me so well. But, yes, uh, you got to be here to receive the gift card. We're here before game time because this is the best place to pregame if you are headed to a Canucks game. And also a pretty good spot to watch the Canucks if you are downtown looking for somewhere to watch the game. Stan Richo and Satyar Shah. So I just noticed uh, on Twitter, Connor Bedard scored his first NHL goal, Sat. Well, he did, did he? He did. Fantastic. Got Great for Connor. first NHL tuck, as they like to say. Yeah, not surprised. And it came against, of course, the Boston Bruins. Um, That's good. See, he hates. See, he scored against the Bruins. He's, he's a Canuck fan, ride or die. Seven yes. years. He'll be a Canuck. Just got to wait seven more years. Uh, just got to wait seven more years. <laughs> um, okay. So, uh, yeah, seven more years for, <laughs> to be a Canuck for, for Connor Bedard. Uh, also, Owen Power signing a mega deal with the uh, Buffalo Sabres as well. Overrated, underrated. Owen Power? I don't know, but let's get to overrated or underrated here on Canuck Central. It is a Wednesday after all. And <laughs> uh, we just gave away another gift card, so that's what's uh, been happening here in the background. He knew uh, who Dan's favorite player was. Shocker, right? Yeah, there Is we go. So so th- hard to figure out. I think we have one left. Yeah. So we have one left. All right. We got one left. All right, overrated or underrated? We're gonna do a little bit different today as uh, season opener. Home openers, season opener. We got lots of things lined up, and also some of your submissions from you, the listeners. You can still get those in 650, 650 on the Dunbar Lumber text message inbox. A season opening edition of Overrated or Underrated. Josh? Uh, yes, we will start with season openers, Overrated or Underrated. Uh, okay, so I'm going to give a bit of a head answer, but just bear with me for a second. I think. They're underrated in terms of a season opener. It's, it's the feeling you have for season opening games. Not quite like the first game of the playoffs, but it's the best thing up to that. You know what I mean? You have the anticipation for the season. You're excited for the year. It's just you get hockey back in the regular season. You get to watch your favorite team again. I just love the anticipation and finally getting to do it. The importance of the first game is completely overrated. But in these parts, because we talk about a fast start, like it's hard to say that. But yes, the one single game in and of itself, the importance of it or what it means, completely overrated. Underrated as a fan to go to. Yes, they're a lot of fun. You know, I know they're they're obviously not the easiest ticket to get your hands on, but it is something you should experience as a diehard fan of whatever team it is you cheer for. Yeah. Um, because... You know, you, you get the player intros. There's going to be a captain ceremony tonight with Quinn Hughes. Um, generally, the crowd is always pretty fired up, so the atmosphere is great for the, the home opener. And you get to see the new video. 
which uh, the Canucks already tweeted out a little preview of it, I think. A little snippet of it. Um, so, it, like, there's just a lot of things that go into the season opener that make it a little bit of an extra event. And that's something I think, as fans, you would definitely appreciate. Are they overrated in the sense of, like, yeah, it's one of 82? Of course. But as a fan, it is still something you like to experience. I will say, growing up in Toronto, I got tired of going to Blue Jays' home openers because the crowd was too rowdy. Right, yeah. <laughs> and it was just like, you know what? I'd rather be here when there's 13,000 fans and it's pick-your-own-seat night rather than the, oh, it's going to be full and I have to deal with it. But you have the ambiance yes. of being at the game when it's a full building, right? Like I think that's a different level of it. I think that's the thing that makes being at the game with that many people in fun. It's like you get to have the vibe of it. And, man, winners of the GCs, people know who, uh, who the best player is. Who everybody, every, everybody just knows. <laughs> Phil Giuseppe. Yeah. Everybody we're, uh, knows. We're cleared out now. Yes, we're, we're cleared, cleared out, out of gift cards. We are. They went quick. Too many Canucks fans here. Yeah. And too many listeners of the show knowing uh, Phil Giuseppe is my favorite Canucks. So the trivia is now uh, is now done. Yes. Uh, but still come by and say hi, for sure. And, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Just yell Phil DiGiuseppe hey, at us. It's fine. If, uh, if you're coming here, you still get 15% off your bill. Uh, all you got to do is show your ticket to the game. Uh, next one. Played his first game as a Penguin last night. Eric Carlson. Overrated or underrated? Overrated. And I, I said it when he won the Norris last year. And Eric Carlson at this stage of his career just isn't going to be like, it, it's hard for him to function in a winning environment, I feel like. And I'm starting to regret having Pittsburgh as a playoff team <laughs> it's already. It's one game. It's one game. Okay, he was like, he was minus two. He was on for a couple of goals against. was on for one of the goals for. But, like, it's the same thing with Carlson. When he's on the ice, there's crazy amounts of shot attempts going both ways. Yes. You know, like, his expected goals against were, they were double than what they were expected goals for. And I think it's just going to be it's going to be a tough transition for Eric Carlson to work in a more you know structured environment that I'm sure Mike Sullivan wants to have with the Pittsburgh Penguins. He's still one of the best defensemen of his generation. I feel Absolutely. like I feel like he's a bit underrated in the sense of like, oh, is he going to be able to figure it out? I, I'm going to have a bit more hope that he's going to be able to figure it out with the Penguins, who've All played right. the grand total of 60 minutes of hockey so far this season. It's a Swedish connection, I know. <laughs> Next. Uh, next one is, sorry, let me scroll down here. Overrated, underrated. So we'll do it uh, a little different here. What is the most overrated team? The most overrated team in the league right now. Sounds like it's Penguins for you. It, yeah. <laughs> He's already going with the Penguins? Already going with the Penguins. Um, I want to say the Dallas Stars. Wow. Wow. I know Sat has Woo. them. Going Ooh. pretty deep. My heart. And, and like, dagger. So just to clarify, like, I think the Stars are still a playoff team. I think at the Central they're going to make the top three in the division. Yeah, I'd hope so. But, yeah, it's not a very good division, so they should. <laughs> yeah, but uh, a lot of this stuff are like people are saying they're going to be uh, conference finalists, cup finalists, win the cup. I just I don't see it with the Dallas Stars. You know, I just I like a lot of what they have but I still wonder if they've got the upside to get by the Colorados and the Vegases of the Western Conference. I put them in a tier below Colorado, Vegas, and uh, and the Edmonton Oilers. All right. Uh, I'm going to go with the L.A. Kings. 
And I, I, I didn't want to pick them as a third team in the Pacific. I just couldn't look at it and be like, well, I feel a lot better about Vancouver getting it or Seattle or Calgary getting it. Dan obviously thinks Vancouver can get it. Yeah. I don't think Dan's prediction is ridiculous because I can easily see the LA Kings not only falling out of the top three, but like Dan picked, not making the playoffs. Like I don't think your prognostication of the Kings was wrong at all. And I think people be getting, you know, kind of like surprised by it may not be as surprised by it because I look at their defense completely revamped. I have some questions about it. Their goaltending is a bit questionable. I mean, none of their prospects have worked out yet. They need Kaliev to come back after he gets his suspension and yeah. they figure the cap out to play in their top six. They have Alex Laferriere in their top six right now. I mean, I don't know, man. Like, I, I feel like the Kings could have a real tough season, not only offensively, but defensively too. I just think they could be a low event hockey team that just kind of ends up meandering all year. A lot of heavy lifting for uh, those three centers to do with all the depth that went out with Gabe Velarde, Rasmus Kapari, and uh, Alex Yafalo. Uh, all right, next. Next is the opposite. What is the most underrated team this season? Oh, yes. I feel like, uh, can I guess Sats? Yeah. The Washington Capitals? Yes, sir. It is the Washington Capitals. Because I think people have them as not making the playoffs, and yeah. I have them as being a team that can make the playoffs, and I wouldn't want to face them in the post postseason. Like, their defense got improved. The Sandine can be the real deal. They have depth up front as well. Goaltending-wise, are solid. I think with how they want to play with their coach and everything, I think, I don't know, I, I think the Capitals got something going which won't be easy to play against, especially with Ovechkin knowing it's one of his final years. I just see them having a bounce back here. I don't think it sat well with Ovechkin missing the playoffs last season. I, um, so I'm going to go a little bit off the board. I say underrated because... I, I still don't think they're going to make the playoffs, but I think Columbus is going to be one of the most like improved teams from like where they were points wise last year to where they end up this year. And that could be like you know a twenty-ish point uh, jump from where they were last year as one of the bottom teams in the league, and they end up around I think between they're going to be a little bit above five hundred in my projections, but I like what they did on defense. They're going to see some some of a bump from a lot of their younger players in their lineup. Still not going to be a playoff team, but I think Columbus is going to be much improved from where they were a year ago. All right, this one from InfoKid. Connor Garland spins, overrated or underrated? <laughs> That's good. That's good. Well, let me tell you. I think they're underrated. Uh, I think they're completely overrated. <laughs> Completely overrated. He might they're leave. fun, Zach. They're fun, At the yes. end of the day, they are supposed to bring entertainment. That's the job of a National Hockey League players. You know what, sports entertainment. You know what the most entertaining thing for me is? Victories. <laughs> That's entertaining to me. What are you, Johnny me. Drama? Yeah, not spins. <laughs> Victory! That's where I'm at, honestly. Sats just running to the top of the Grand Canyon. Uh, I like that. I like that. Uh, no, for, for me, um, I, I just think off like he, his spins are good, but oftentimes they just like spin into nothing, and they just he spends more time holding on to the puck instead of facilitating the play, and I think that's completely overrated. I'm fine with a winger. I'm fine with a player being puck dominant. But now you're not accomplishing enough with the amount of yeah. time you spend on the puck, right? And aren't you better off getting the puck moving and potentially getting it to somebody that can score and shoot the puck better than you can? And I think ultimately that's the main reason why he never sticks in the top six with a high-level player because he ends up just doing too much. And that's okay. So real talk for a minute on, on Connor Garland. I heard a lot of um, and, and sort of saw some people like feeling bad for Connor Garland or whatever that there was 
sort of a negative reaction to the story coming out yesterday. And my reaction to a lot of these things is, if you don't like it, play better. You yeah. know, as a player, and, and Garland, credit to him, he's usually, like, seems unfazed by a lot of the rhetoric around the market. And it's not like he's, like, underperformed so significantly he shouldn't play every day or should be sent to the fourth line. Like, yeah. he's played, like, he's, he's still at 46 points last year. It's not enough for $5 million, but it's still, like, something. But you know what? If he figured out a way to stick with Elias Patterson or JT Miller on a consistent basis, guess what this team wouldn't mind? His cap charge. Yeah. Because that's the biggest thing that's holding him back. So, you know, if I was Connor Garland and I was thinking about how am I going to make it work in Vancouver, I figure out what I need to do to play next to Elias Pettersson. Oh, there's a gaping hole on the right wing next to Elias Pettersson. What do I need to do to be a better fit in that spot than I have been earlier in my Canucks career? So that's why, you know, I don't necessarily feel all that bad for any player making five million bucks but like if you don't like it play better you don't like your role on a team play better that's uh that's usually the way i think about these things all right next next one is kdp full lineups overrated or underrated so rostering the full amount of players in the <laughs> game that you can i mean it's it's i think it's never uh or underrated to have uh, fewer players than you're allotted for a game so, yeah. yeah, I mean, that's why having cap space is good. Cap space helps not only in the acquisition of players, but also just being able to field enough players to play a single game. Um, I think it's just, like, underrated. It's so in vogue now to start fewer than 18 players that teams are like, you know what, I want to do that too. Wasn't it that scene? It's just, a, it's just a trend now. Yeah. Was, was, it's, uh, remember, was it in Zoolander when the next trend was like wearing garbage bags? <laughs> That's kind of what this is to me. You see how many teams? Like the Ottawa Senators are playing minus a player tonight. You know what I mean? It seems like everybody's doing it. Yeah, it's not in vogue. It's not. I mean, yeah, they're it's doing it because everybody no. capped. I mean, look, we talk the about teams this. are just capped out. The league's been flat and cap wise for years now. Teams are paying all their players. Everybody's getting capped out. Like even the bad teams don't have a ton of cap space anymore, right? Like it's any I, contender or even teams that are fighting for playoff spots, like the LA Kings, for instance. Like yeah. they're up against the cap too, and yeah, they're a good team, but are they are they a true cup contenders? Like even teams in the bubble are capped out. Uh, I still remember. I think it was the New Jersey Devils that were the first team that had to play short because of the cap, and it was after they signed Ilya Kovalchuk to that yes. insane deal. Yeah, and it was like the biggest Score. deal. Like, can you believe the Devils are playing short? But then some team play with like sixteen players. One yeah. game were like two players short <laughs> yeah, or something. Like funny, it was yeah. ridiculous. Oh man, good old days. Uh, now everybody does. <laughs> now it's just for, you do it for fun. Yeah. Uh, Ernest pocket schedules that you could get back in the day overrated or underrated. oh underrated i love the pocket schedule yeah. yeah it was like best thing to have a pocket schedule like x off the games you would circle the ones you wouldn't want to watch and just like back then you didn't have like you know a flip phone or a smartphone you couldn't just like all of a sudden take your phone out and figure out the next canucks game so you had that in your wallet or something you pull it out you know where the Canucks game was at? And they had, like, the different colors yeah. for what TV channel it was on yeah. or if it was pay-per-view or whatever. Home and away. It was great. Yeah. I love them. I love them. Uh, yeah, like, I, I get it, and I love the nostalgia of it, but what do you need it for now? It's on your phone. I don't know. I kind of just, just like the, like, like 
I mean, I look at the. I mean, so for me, I, I don't like, need more clutter in my life, okay. guys. Okay. I like looking at a calendar if I'm looking at the schedule, because then you see exactly what day it falls on instead of just kind of scrolling through dates and games. So I yeah. like the whole idea of the calendar and, and visualizing, looking at the calendar and understanding. Okay, like when's the next time they have a weekend off? When's the next time they got this going on? And it's underrated. Like I'm always googling like Canucks calendar to look at a calendar. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, fair. Next one. So we got a few few ones that we can get through relatively quick. We'll start with uh, Trevor Zegris, overrated or underrated? I feel like Zat's got a take on this one. I, I, I think he, I think he's underrated. I think the whole discussion about, you know, is he just an offensive player? I think a player with that level of talent and that type of determination, which he has, and toughness he has to his game, I, I think he's going to take a step this year. Um, right now, I think, look, because of his personality and because of what – and the, the star that he's become to the league as a face of the league. Like, there's so many other players, I would say, warrant that with their play more than Trevor Zegras to this point in his career. So that's where I would say he is overrated, but there's still a lot of upside in the player. Uh, this next one, the L.A. Kings overrated or underrated? Well, they fall into, as we mentioned before, overrated. I think they're overrated. Yeah. I mean, I have Me them missing the playoffs, so there's no way I'm saying they're underrated. I think we both agree they're overrated. I think they're underrated. Wow. I just, like, I feel like the talent's going to win out. Big Phoenix Copley guy, Josh but, well, I, like, I just and, feel and that, like they're talent on the back end, too. Yeah. Goalies yeah. Does, don't matter. Josh Elliott-Wolf. That's me. Trey Demko. <laughs> Ride it out with Casey DeSmith. Hope it works out. DeSmith and she loves? Yeah. Surely it'll be fine. <laughs> Surely this will work. Uh, Seattle Kraken, overrated or underrated? Ah, man. Um, I still I still have them making the playoffs. Like I, I, it feels like teams, they still end up getting overrated. Yeah, I, I find in a way. I think they're actually perfect. Like to me, they're maybe slightly overrated in that sense. I think they're going to have a hard time scoring goals at a high level. Like I think it's going to be really tooth and nail for them to make the playoffs this year. And, and same thing for Vancouver. I have Vancouver and Seattle getting in, but I, I wouldn't be shocked at all that, that not only do they not make the playoffs, but scoring is going to be so tough for them that they end up being at like an 86 point range or something. Like I, I think they're a bit overrated. I don't think I don't see enough talent coming out. For them yeah. to be able to replicate their scoring from last year consistently, um, I like. I appreciate what they are as a team, and I appreciate that they are uh, that they play the same way every night, and I like that about them. But I still think they miss a lot of the high end, and that's why I think they're overrated because they're they're a team that's kind of easy to cheer for if you're a neutral and. They're really their upside is still very limited with the roster that they have. Indeed, I do think uh, last night they were pretty good, though they lost. Yes. So. Uh, Lightning without Vasilevsky, overrated or underrated? Uh, they will be. They have been underrated so far in the preseason. Yes, I'll say that. Much. I think they're underrated. I think the notion of Vasilevsky not being there is going to sink their season and put them in a big hole. I think is going to be pure fiction. I think they're going to be just fine. You say the same for the Bruins, too, you know? Yeah. Like, everybody's predicting the end of these teams. It's just like, uh, I don't know about that yet. No, not there. Not quite yet. Next. Uh, next one is the New Jersey Devils. Overrated oh. or underrated? I think the overrated guys. Oh, They're here so we go. They're so good. But, yeah, but look at their defense, too. They completely revamped it, right? 
Like, you're, they're relying on young defensemen now and a new defense to completely step up. They lost Ryan Graves and Damon Severson, two legitimate top four guys for their defense last year. Their goaltending, are they going to be as good defensively as they were this past year? And is the mix going to be as good? Like, I, I can see them not having as easy a time as it did this past year generating offense and being able to transition. Like, that's a sizable change to how you want to play. And Luke so it, Hughes has to play, like, 20-odd-some minutes for this yeah. team to be good. They got Dougie Hamilton, John Marino, and Siegenthaler, who played really well last year. And they have Nemich as well, right? Or did he get sent down? He got sent down. He's not on the team. They have Colin Miller, Brendan Smith, Kevin Ball, Luke Hughes. Like, that's their defense. I mean, and it might be good. They're, they're but expecting I, a lot of, of Luke Hughes to step up into that top four role. How often? It's a hard spot for them, though, because, like, you have Luke Hughes and Simon Nemich coming, so it's like... Oh, I don't disagree. Like, yeah. I understand how, what they did, but I'm saying in terms of their success this upcoming season, like, how often... Do we look at a team that was really good last year that loses two top four defensemen and replaces them with some unknowns but they have potential, and you're sure they're going to be better or as good? Now, that's a leap to me, and I think people just dismiss that as like, oh, that's not going to be an issue for them. They still got a really good team. They do. Very good team. I have them winning the division. <laughs> I, I follow hype trains pretty easily. <laughs> Next one is Evgeny Kuznetsov, overrated or underrated? It's a random player. Oh, this is because Sat is all in on the Washington Capitals. I may have thrown Kuznetsov, and I think he's <laughs> underrated. I think Kuzi's going to have a good season. Like, I'm all in on the Capitals, and this might be my worst take of the year if, they just, if, they're, if they're just terrible. But I think Kuznetsov's a good player, and I think there's real motivation there, especially with his contract getting to the end almost. Like, he had a couple years left, and he wants to still stay in the league still. I think he's underrated. Um, he was... Like, it was between him and Ovechkin, and if Ovechkin wasn't Ovechkin, you could very, you could make the very real argument that he should have won the Conn Smythe yeah. the year that Washington won the uh, won the Stanley Cup. We haven't seen that version of Evgeny Kuznetsov since then, so as a player who's making $7.8 million, there is no way I could tell you he is underrated. He has been perfectly rated as somebody who is overpaid and underperforming over the last couple of years. Next one is another forward Boone Jenner overrated or underrated Boone Jenner I've always been a big Boone Jenner guy underrated I, I, think I felt like he's uh he was like poor man's Bo Horvat for the Columbus Blue Jackets um Boone Jenner to me is underrated as a player he's fine in what he gets in terms of value so Boone Jenner Totally fine player. Oh, no, I think so, too. I think um, not only is he good as a two-way player, but I also think that he's, his offense has been underrated. You know how people looked at Bo Horvat as, like, you know, this two-way guy? I think until Bo Horvat took that step, he was everything people thought Bo was. Yeah. I know last year was a bit of a tough year for him, but I don't yeah. know. I think he's an underrated player. Yeah. All right. We got any more? Uh, yeah, the next one, and we'll end with this. Uh, the Philadelphia Flyers, overrated or underrated? Flyers. Um, like, are they going to be bottom five bad? Now that they got Couturier back, probably not. Like, it depends how much they buy in on torts through the entire 82 games. That's what I think it depends on for the Philadelphia Flyers. But, like... You know, you get Couturier back. You still have Konechny. You know, Cam York was really good last year. Like, they've got some pieces there still with the Philadelphia Flyers. And there are some real bad teams around the Eastern Conference and even the Western Conference. 
For them to be bottom five, that means they've got to be worse than Anaheim, San Jose, Montreal, Chicago. Like, that's already four teams I consider worse than them. So, Yeah, and you know what they have? They also have um, some young players. They also have some good two-way guys on the team, yeah. on the wings as well. I think Joel Farabee is going to have a bit of a bounce-back season. Like, I, I think they'll be like an 80-some point team. Like, I don't think they're going to be this horrible hockey team. And, then, you know, if Carter Hart figures it out, I think Noah Cates had a really good year last year as a two-way center. He's one of the best defensive centers in the league last season. So I, th- I think that's going to be a pretty tough team to play against consistently. All right. There is overrated or underrated here on Canuck Central. We are uh, getting ready to eat here at BC Kitchen. We're at uh, Park Casino, the official casino resort of your Vancouver Canucks. We've been here since 4 o'clock. It's pretty full up now. A lot of Canucks jerseys in here, some old Canucks jerseys, some new Canucks jerseys, every little bit as uh, this is the place to pregame ahead of a Canucks game set. Oh, absolutely. And, I mean, you mentioned – how you come and enjoy a few, some food, some beverages, especially get the 15% off on your food bill um, if you show your Canucks ticket on game days as well. And I don't know, like I mentioned this before, but I always enjoy if I'm going to do something after a game, especially when we do post game too. Yep. Like we're done at you know 11:30 midnight, but you can still pop in and and kind of unwind and hang out. But pregame, we don't get that luxury, so I'm really happy to be here, especially looking at the food and experiencing you know all Canucks fans hanging out, coming by and saying hi. It's a good vibe. And it's just one block away from the arena. It's literally as close as you would want a pre- and post-game place to be. It doesn't have to be, you know, you plan uh, anything. It could be just coming here for the drinks and for the vibes. Uh, yeah, and, I mean, sometimes I see people texting in, people that come and stay, if especially if they're driving in or coming yep. in from the island or whatever. You can stay at the JW Marriott here, and it's so easy to get to the or rink. Or even the Douglas. Well, I exactly. like the Douglas quite a bit. Both of them right here, and easy for you to pop to the rink. Yep pop out for food or whatever you want to do. It's a great spot. Uh, so, yeah, come check us out here at Park Casino all the way up until Puck Drop here tonight at the BC Kitchen. It's Dan Rachel and Satyar Shah. Also, if you do come by, 15% off your bill here at BC Kitchen if you show your Canucks ticket for tonight's game. All right, you are listening to Canucks Central.